This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Today, we're talking about getting off the hamster wheel. And you might wonder, well, what is the hamster wheel? Most of us have seen a hamster in a cage on that round circle that looks like a Ferris wheel, just running and running and running, never really going anyplace different because the hamster is really running in circles. And it's very difficult to get off the hamster wheel once you're on it because you have such momentum going around and around in circles. So if I think about this in terms of a business context, what strikes me is that in a business context, you're going fast, but you're going nowhere fast. And you're staying in the comfort zone of what you're used to doing, what you typically do, not getting off the hamster wheel to do something different. It can seem or even feel productive. You can see yourself as even busy. The question is, is this busyness, is it leading to any useful outcomes? That is the question. So we're going to talk about that today. Now, the way I often see the hamster wheel manifest with executive clients is like this. I'll get a call, an executive maybe wants to have some advisement services. And as I look at the situation, what I discover is that this individual who's now been promoted to an executive rank has a history and background having grown up in the business, grown up in the company. They know how to do the operational task. They know how to do the day-to-day tactical work. And now that they're in the senior executive position, they still want to stay on that old hamster wheel of doing operations. Now, if they stay on that wheel of doing operations, the people who they've hired, who are supposed to do those operations, they're now frustrated. They're now feeling disempowered and interfered with. And in fact, when I talk to their team members, those team members say, our boss is a micromanager. And that's how they perceive and experience the person who just keeps dipping back down into the organization to take on those old tasks. And you might wonder, well, why does the executive go back and take on those old tasks? Because they know how to do them. That is the comfort zone. So a lot of times you have to do some extra work to get out of that comfort zone of going to what you know and going back to what you've always done. So in order to break away from the hamster wheel, it's almost like you've got to break out of the Earth's atmosphere. So imagine if you are a rocket and you're breaking out of the Earth's atmosphere, you have to have some speed, you have to have some momentum, you have to have that extra burst of fuel to get out of the everyday and the ordinary. And without 
that extra burst of fuel without that rocket, Earth's gravitational force will just keep pulling you right back down into what you have always done. When I am working with my executive clients, these are the things I'm thinking about and talking to them about. How is it that you can create some time margin so that you consider and that you test some new ways of operating so that you're not just running so fast in a breakneck speed that you don't have time to learn something new. So I want to just say, sometimes you're in a busy environment and maybe things don't ever completely stop. For example, as an analogy, you're whitewater rafting. And though I'm from Colorado, I'm here in Colorado, we do, people do a lot of whitewater rafting. The rapids are fast. The river is moving very quickly. And you've got to make decisions constantly as you're going down the river. Occasionally, though, there is that calm eddy on the side where you can pull the raft over and you can refuel, get something to eat, take a little pause, have a minute to think. During that time, you want to be thinking about what is it that we want to do to raft the rest of the way down the river? That's what you want to be thinking about. So even when whitewater rafting, fast environment, you can take that pause, that strategic thinking pause to figure out what to do next. You can also even think about football teams. That's a fast moving game. And yet the football team has a huddle to figure out what's the next play. What's the next move? What are we going to do? What shot are we going to call for the next piece of our game? And I remember even in the military, when I was in the army and we were doing maneuvers. We were doing training for maneuvers and we'd be very busy. Sometimes it'd be an all night maneuver. We'd be out in the middle of the evening. We'd come back. We might not be back in our tent to rest that long, but during the time we were back in that tent, as we were polishing our boots, getting ready for the next event, we would talk about what did we just do? What did we learn from that? And how can we continue the next day implementing the learnings that we had from today. So you always put those pauses in, even if they're short. I want to just say a couple things I'd summarize with this is you want to stop. You want to take stock and review the situation, whatever it is. That's number one. Number two, you want to schedule some strategic pauses. Three, you want to solicit some input from other people to figure out what's working, what's not working. Your team members will let you know when you're that micromanager if you ask them. Four, you want to learn the new job or the new procedure in your organization rather than just keep doing it the old way. If you've implemented something new or you have a new job, you've got to take the time to learn it. And then five, then this is a very important part. Number five, you have to block the pathway back to doing it the old way while you're heading in the new direction. Now, I want to give an example of blocking the pathway to the old. And this is an example of Elisha from the Bible in the Old Testament. It's in 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. And Elisha was out plowing oxen when Elijah, the prophet, comes to call him to be his, like, you know, protege. 
to learn from him, to be in essence his second in command. So Elisha, when he hears this call, he says, oh, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to follow Elijah. But what he realized is that he could not go with Elijah and follow him and continue to plow the oxen that he had been plowing with and do his old job. So what he decided to do is he says, this is a great opportunity. I'm going to accept this opportunity. And he says, but I'm going to make sure I can't fall back on my old life. So he took the oxen, he slaughtered them, and he took the wood that was used for the yoke of the oxen, and he used that as firewood, and he made a big fire. He cooked the food of the oxen. He invited all his friends and all the townspeople to a going away celebration party. Now, I just want you to notice everything he had used to work with, he has dismantled. He's consumed all of that in this going away party, so he can't go back to it. And after all that was done, he was able to make a clean break and truly to follow Elijah. Nothing was left of his old life. There was no path back to his past. So this was his example of blasting out of town with that rocket fuel so he could follow Elijah. And you want to put in those rocket fuel scenarios and moments for yourself so that you can't go back and do what's comfortable for you, but what is dysfunctional for your organization. Here's another tip I'll leave you with, and this is what I'll call the ultimate test. If you are in an executive role and someone else in the organization can do the job and the task that you're doing, and especially if it's operational, if it's tactical, if someone else can do it, you shouldn't be doing it. Secondly, if it's tactical, if it's operational, and no one else in the organization can do it, then why can't they do it? Your job as the executive leader is also to build their capacity to make sure that they have the tools and the resources necessary to do all of that day-to-day tactical and operational work so that you can be the strategic leader, the executive leader that you're called to be. And at the end of the day, that executive strategic work, that's the part that only you can do. And that's what you want to leave on your plate. So break free of the hamster wheel, blast out of Earth's atmosphere, and get busy with the strategic. You are the instrument of your leadership. And so I invite you to read a complimentary chapter of my book, Lead Yourself First, The Senior Leader's Guide to Engaging Your People for Greater Performance and Impact. And Here's what you'll get from reading the book. You'll get some perspectives on how to leverage your unique gifts and superpowers. Also, how to mine the gold of your past experiences overcoming challenges. And thirdly, you'll be able to identify 
the continual learning that will catapult you to your next victory. So to read that complimentary chapter, go to my website, www.transleadership.com, scroll down the homepage and click on the button that says, read a chapter. And I look forward to meeting you inside the book. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.